Well, amen and good morning, church. It is so great to see all of you here in person. For those of you who are joining us online, thank you so much for worshiping with us. Today, as the video has mentioned, we start a new series that deals with a, a name of Hebrew name called Kazon, and we're going to find out a little more about it. But every year, our church does what's called a spiritual growth campaign, and they, that happens during Lent. And so the, we encourage all of the life groups to do the same study because not only is it the life groups that are discussing it, but also the Sunday sermons will augment what the discussions are taking place during that week. Again, today we're going to be speaking about more what is Kazon, and one of the best ways we can do is to primarily use one uh, person as a model to show us what Kazon is, how it impacted their life, how they lived their life, but not only theirs, but how it impacted the lives of others because, again, they knew what the Kazon was. And that person is no other than the one and only model we can use for Christian uh, formation, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. So before I continue on, just, I just want to pause for a moment of prayer. Gracious God, we are thankful that we are here in worship, that you know, whether it's online or here in person, that we begin this new series. Let it be a blessing to people who are receiving it, that they can apply it, God, and see and being guided by your precious spirit to know what their purpose is in life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So again, today we're going to be discussing is what is kazon. Now, the proper pronunciation in the Hebrew is chason, chason. But because I'm going to be saying that several times and to save my throat, I'm just going to say kazon, okay? Uh, throughout this, uh, today, today's service as well as the upcoming weeks because we will be mentioning that name a lot. So kazon. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, the Bible says in the NLT version, when people do not accept divine guidance... They run wild. Again, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Now, divine guidance in the Hebrew in the Old Testament is the word kazon. The, when it comes about the kazon, it deals with it can also be translated as dream, as revelation, or vision. It is, in effect, God's unique vision for you and for me. The reason you were put here, your purpose in life, what God intends to be the driving force that directs you. That purpose in life could be caused, you know, to, for you to serve God uh, beyond the church walls. So wherever you are uh, serving and being employed in, you can utilize your kazon to make a difference in your workplace. It can make a difference in your home. But when it comes to the workplace, I want to share, uh, give a little shout out to those who are serving in the, uh, for, as first responders. Talking about the, the, the police officers and the EMTs and the fire fighters. In fact, this past week on Thursday, the, there were a few people who were able to respond with their kazon, their purpose of life to help others. And the reason being is that uh, we had two individuals that were stuck in our elevator, uh, uh, Amy, and, uh, Nolan, Amy Bates and Nolan Jones. And we actually have a picture Oh, a few pictures, actually, of what took place. That was on Thursday evening while the band was here, was rehearsing, and, and got, there, they, there they are, utilizing their zone, their purpose, all with a smile. Well, you can't see the smile because it's behind the mask. However, they're so grateful, again, to utilize their purpose, you know, of, of helping out. And we had that this past week uh, take place. 
It will be actually your task throughout this spiritual growth campaign to figure out what your cazone is. And at the end of the sessions, you will start to envision how you can live your life and live your cazone again and God's vision for you. Now, let's look at Jesus. Knowing that he was God, he was also the son of man. He came to this earth, but in the midst of that, he knew what his cazone was. It didn't take him weeks. It didn't take him months. It didn't take him years to know what his purpose was when he came here on this earth. He knew what his cazone was. And we can find out what the Bible says. What was it? In, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the Bible says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. This was Jesus' purpose in coming here, his life's purpose. But before he could even get started in ministry, in the midst of all that, of course, someone wanted to undermine it. Of course, that was the devil. And you can find in the book of Luke, I'm not going to be going into too much today, in the book of Luke chapter 4, you're going to see how the devil tried to sneakily tempt him to get him away from the purpose of why he was here on earth in the first place. And at Luke 4, 4, verse 13, it says that the devil left him until the next opportunity came. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if in the midst of all this, you are trying to find your old cazone, doesn't mean that everything's going to be rosy. Doesn't mean that the devil's going to ro uh, roll out a red carpet and say, come on and come on by and do what you have to do. Be because the cazone is not based on what we need, but how, what the will of God is for our life. But what happens is, if, if the devil tempted, tried to te uh, tempt Jesus into falling into sin, he's certainly going to tempt us in our ways. If you accept your cazone, God's vision for what he wants you to do, then the enemy will try his best to undermine you as well. But knowing your cazone, Jesus knew his cazone. I'm going to continue to share those kind of things. Jesus knew his cazone, and when we start finalizing, when we start knowing what our cazone is, nothing else that is going to come our way, especially with temptations, it should not, should not veer us away from what our purpose is because we are standing on a foundation. We know what we believe in. We know what our purpose is in life because we have taken the time to be intentional of working on our purpose, what God has envisioned for all of us. So for example, if you have your own cazone, you know that whatever you may be going through, no matter if you are going to the dire financial needs, you know that your cazone is you're not going to be falling the temptation of robbing a bank. Okay, maybe saying, hey, Pastor Ricky, that's a little too extreme. Okay, so what about robbing from your parents, from your children, from your grandparents, from work? If you know your cazone, there's not going to be any temptation there. You would actually go, and, and if you need to, you can go and get in line, you know, for like, like a soup kitchen or a pantry or things. I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm letting you know because I had to live that life too, waiting for hours to make sure I can get what they call the government cheese. Remember those block of cheese? Oh, some of you may not even know. You're too young for that, right? <laughs> Oh, they made the best grilled cheese sandwiches. But man, you will have to wait for hours to make sure that you, hopefully, you'll be able to get it. Or how about those boxes of evaporated milk? 
Oh, see, now, you, now I'm, I'm probably dating myself here. But now the part is that sometimes when we are dealing with financial difficulties, we knowing our purpose, we knowing our zone and our vision for our life is not going to allow any of the temptation that comes around us just because we feel that we're down in the pits that's going to take us from the purpose that God has for our lives. Amen. But I tell you what, that may not be, robbing somebody may not be your temptation. It certainly is not my temptation, but man, if you put a pepperoni pizza in front of me, ooh. <laughs> what is your temptation? But the thing is that it may not be your temptation because you have remained focused on what you need to do. You know that whatever comes your way, that that is not going to take the purpose that you have, that God has for your life. There were certain times throughout my life when I felt that God had a purpose for me. However, can I just be honest with you that those times when I felt that God had a purpose for me, I didn't know what it actually was. However, part two is that whatever it may be, even if I didn't know what God's purpose was for me, that did not stop me from continuing to seek him, to know him, to love him, to serve him, and to trust in him. When I was in the military, I, I, I continued to love him, to learn how to love and, and, and serve, as well as trusting in him. When I left the military to go into ministry, I needed to make sure the experience that I had throughout those years before and during my military years that it came into the realm of ministry because I needed God. I needed God more than ever. Why? Because we're dealing with ministry, the, the pressure that is on you, being a representative of Jesus Christ, of uh, being and leading a church, especially nowadays when, especially months, when we're dealing with leading a church throughout a pandemic and knowing that every decision one makes, it is not going to please everybody. Oh, God, I got to trust in you because any decision that is made... I want to make sure that I'm doing it to the best of the ability to lead the church, even when people don't understand the reasons. God, I got to trust in you. Leading a church certainly is difficult, but it can be bearable when the church family comes and continues to support, continues to pray. We got volunteers that come together and saying, what is the vision of the church and how can I be utilized to make that vision go from where it is now to where God wants us to be? It was at those low moments of even trying to think about, hey God, am I doing the right thing. God, you know, the purpose, you know, with any of the temptations that come our way, have we actually uh, thought about those questions ourselves? God, with everything shutting down, with everything that's happening, I can't see my family. I can't do this. I can't do that. Is whatever's happening surrounding you taking your eyes and your vision and the purpose that God has for you? You know, Jesus is kazone was not always cheerful. It was not always a happy moment. He lost relationships with people he knew. He offended some. He healed some. But in the midst of all that, he knew his kazone. 
Another person I think about in the Bible is the Apostle Paul, who didn't give up when things were tough. While in chains, he wrote to the Philippians. I'm going to go to there right now. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. The Bible says, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to, uh, for to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. There's another translation you may know more. It says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. You see, to get started fulfilling your cazone requires action on our part. It is not a passive undertaking. Jesus actively went out and sought the lost. He traveled many miles speaking and eating with people that the religious leaders looked down on. They, the religious leaders, openly complained about the kind of people that Jesus hung out with. When Jesus heard this, he told them, as, um, as found in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we come to church not because we have it all, you know, that we have it all in place, not because that we are righteous, not because that we know exactly what we're actually doing, but because we need Jesus. Those moments that you know that you are a sinner, knowing that the God's forgiveness can be the grace that's available to us, and when we sing that hymn about amazing grace, that is not only singing it, but you're living it because you are fully understanding when you grab and you take hold and you accept the amazing grace of God when you can say that he has saved a wretch like me. That I once was lost, but now I'm found, but now, you know, I was blind, but now I see. So it's not only singing it, but you are living it and giving thanks to the Almighty God for his forgiving power and his amazing grace. Now, indeed, Jesus was so concerned not to overlook one person who was lost, that he told the parable of the shepherd who left the 99 and went to get, go for the one that was lost. And that is found in Luke chapter 15, verses 4 through 7. I'm looking at here, 15, verses 4 through 7. Jesus told him this story. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. 
Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so thankful that once when I was lost that Jesus did not give up on me. Jesus' acceptance of his cajon was neither half-hearted nor casual. He did not limit himself to just preaching to the lost. He fed them. He healed them. He comforted them. And even, the Bible says, washed their dirty feet. He went to them. He related to them at their level. Despite the profound importance and magnitude of Jesus' cajon, Jesus always approached it with a humble heart and attempted to instill that vision into his followers. In Mark chapter 10, verse 42 to 45, Jesus had called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authorities over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Giving his life as a ransom for many was the final phase of Jesus' cajon. When it arrived, Jesus did have a time of discouragement. The weight of the sacrifice weighed heavily on his shoulders, weighed heavily on his mind. He fervently prayed for guidance the divine guidance that we need to seek each and every day. If you remember what happened in Gethsemane, before he gave his life for us, that he knew that was the final phase of his cajon, he struggled when he said, if you could just take this cup from me, God, just take it, but not my will but thine be done. Jesus held firm and resolutely saw his mission through to the end. Jesus needed to do so. Why? Because in the hours after his prayer, Jesus' disciples would flee. One would renounce him. His enemies would mock and torture and finally kill him in the most painful and humiliating way possible. Yet, his final words to his father was to forgive them. He remained true to his cajon up to his last breath. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, the Bible says, Therefore, because he kept his cajon, ladies and gentlemen, 
Therefore God elevated him to the place of honor and gave him the name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Praise God. Amen. Jesus is our great example, ladies and gentlemen, to know that it is not about us, but how we can point others and ourselves to Christ to continue to seek him, to continue to knock on the door and saying, God, I need you. What is my purpose in life? And I pray, ladies and gentlemen, this is just the beginning of a couple weeks of this series. And I pray that you get excited and don't wait until next Sunday to start praying about, hey God, how can you speak with me? You can start praying today and every day throughout this series, say, God, show me, guide me. Let, me, let every step that I take be pleasing in your sight. Let every word that come out of my mouth is more of edification and not to destroy. That when people see us, God, that they can see Christ because we are living our purpose. We are living our zone, and we have the great example in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we come before your presence, we are thankful that we have a great example of one who followed his gazon. Your son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Help us each day to find the purpose you have for us. Let this series be a blessing to our lives and the lives of others. Let our cousins be pleasing in your sight and let us remain focused and not let the worries or temptations in life end up and rob us from what you have in store for those that love you and are called according to your purpose. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, before I, I, I finish out here, I want to let you know last week I began and, told, and, and mentioned that if you are interested in a topic of, that you would love to hear as a sermon, I'm going to be heading out to a spiritual retreat at the end of this month to prepare for the upcoming uh, series after Easter. And so we want to, I want to make sure that if you have a topic, and I've already received on several this past week, but I want to make sure, and I'll mention it today and I'll mention it next week, send them over to me, and it is at uh, Sermon Ideas. We try to make it easy. Sermon Ideas at newhanoverumc.org, and I'll, I'll receive them. I'd love to be able to take all your ideas into that retreat. It's a working retreat, but time of prayer, time of seeing how the series can all be formed up, but I want you to be part of that process. I want you to say, you know what? Oh, that's the message that, or the idea or topic that I gave pastor. I'd love to be able to make that happen. And also this coming uh, Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Uh, we won't have an in-person service, but look out on our social media uh, where Pastor Rob will bring a short message again for Ash Wednesday. And I pray that you have been blessed today and I encourage you to bring someone or invite someone on online to join us next week as we continue to look into another person's life, name of Joseph, 
in the Old Testament. I'm looking forward to it. May God bless all of you. I'm going to ask you to please stand as we close out with the last song here today.